0: Hello! So, this is the first episode of Seeking Serotonin. My name is Ryan Marson, and uh, (laughs) I feel kind of silly doing this. Um, I'm going to kind of set up the scene, so I'm in my bedroom, laying in my bed, and I don't have any sort of fancy... Equipment or really a microphone. I'm really just talking through my uh, Apple headphones. But you know what? There's something good in just winging something. And that's what we're going to do here. So, the reason why I'm starting a podcast is because I love podcasts, Um, they are my favorite thing. I listen to them all the time. And they have just become a part of my everyday life. And so I thought, you know, I like to talk about things, and I like to learn things, so why don't I start a podcast? And so that's what we're doing. Um, cool. So today, we are going to talk about Starbucks. Now, for everybody who knows me, If you don't know me, you should. (laughs) Um, But for everybody who knows me pretty closely, they know that I have a problem with Starbucks. Like, I go there all the time. And I have been doing some tracking throughout the year because I started doing bullet journaling, which basically is like this different type of journaling where you can do whatever you want and kind of make it like an organizational thing. And at first I was going to do that, but then I was like, you know what? Let me put all my OCD into this. So what I do (laughs) is every day for the past 10, almost 11 months, I have tracked a certain set of habits. Um, And one of them from the beginning was how often I went to Starbucks. So I counted it today, which today for me is October 28th. I counted how many times I've been to Starbucks this year, and I found out that I have visited a Starbucks 163 out of the 301 days this year so far. Now, that's 54% of the days of the year. And I'm not going there to get a coffee because I actually hate coffee. I think it's really disgusting. It's too bitter for me. Just not my thing. Um, I definitely consider myself much more of a fruity person because, you know, okay. Um, (laughs) But more so because I just love sweet things. And so I always get their handcrafted Starbucks Refreshers TM. And I get their strawberry SI ones, or their uh, mango dragon fruit has been a really big favorite of mine lately. I love it. So good. And I always get a venti. Now, one thing I'm going to talk about today with Starbucks, probably should go through what I'm going to talk about today. Well, the first thing I'm going to talk about is um, kind of like some fun facts, kind of like what Starbucks is up to. I'm going to talk about some criticisms as well, because I think it's important to critique your faves, um, especially when they've been problematic. (laughs) Um, I'm also going to talk about why the former CEO, Howard Schultz, should not run for president uh, for many reasons. And uh, we're just going to talk about my addiction along the way to Starbucks. So, uh, sound good? I think it sounds good. Cool. Um... Yeah, so I'm just going to spew out some facts. Uh, basically, as of June 14th of this year, there were nearly 29,000 Starbucks stores worldwide. And about half of those were located in the United States alone. Um, so that's a lot of fucking Starbucks. <laughs> and I don't... I feel like if you come from a rural part of the country like I did, rural Massachusetts, so... I don't know. I don't know if I'd call it super rural. I would say that there's not a lot of culture there, um, which, you know, don't want to generalize, but I mean, I came from a really shitty small town, um, Oxford, Mass. I'm going to call it out right now for being the worst TM. Um, and yeah, so I had never really been to a Starbucks until I'd say... I mean, maybe when I went to a private school or maybe even college. I mean, I doubt that it was college. I feel like I had to have had it beforehand. But my addiction didn't start until I went to college. So I go to college in D.C. uh, And um, they're everywhere around here. And I guess it's like a thing with like the big cities is that there's literally a Starbucks everywhere you go, like within a mile radius. I can't even tell you how many there are, but there's enough that I frequent several. Like in my part of the woods in Northwest DC, there's like three or so that I visit pretty frequently. And then there's a fourth that I visit when I'm on my way to work or when I'm leaving work. I usually don't go more than once a day because I feel like that is bad for my wallet. (laughs) And probably for my health, I guess. I mean, whatever. Um, I'm basically just drinking an entire cup of sugar with a little bit of fruit in it. But do I care? Not really. No. Um, I think that it was said best by a woman who I met in a Starbucks once. Who I'd say was in her fifties or so, and she said to me, "You know what? if this five dollar drink gets me through the rest of the day, then I consider that a worthwhile purchase. Now, she's making a lot more money than me, <laughs> I'm assuming. Um, but nevertheless, i I agree. I feel like you know no matter what you should find time to enjoy things." that make you happy and not feel bad about it um but anyways so gonna get back on track here so yeah 29,000 stores worldwide um i read a really interesting article as well about how the starbucks chain is not doing too well in australia or new zealand but i guess it's not doing well in that area because like they actually have good coffee (laughs) um And I don't know if the U.S. has good coffee, because I really don't like coffee, but apparently they really love their coffee down in Australia and New Zealand, so much so that from, I think it was like, basically both countries have seen their Starbucks locations cut in half Um, because people are just not going. And they still have Starbucks there, like, but... Still, I mean, it's pretty significant. I think the U.S. is kind of used to settling with, like, mediocre (laughs) things. So, I mean, that makes sense to me completely. Um, anyways. So, a little brief history, some fun facts and stuff. 1971, the first Starbucks was founded by three white men, um... Notably not Howard Schultz, who was super well-known for being the head of Starbucks up until last year when he resigned. And we'll get into that after. But basically, it was founded by two teachers and a writer. No MBA between any of them, according to a Thrillist article by Kristen Hunt. And they set up their first location in Seattle, which, yep, um, pretty common knowledge, I think. I don't know maybe i've never been to seattle i've heard it's great i would love to go um so we'll see maybe um some other fun facts the first rendition of the famous mermaid logo or siren or you know whatever um, was topless until 1987 uh, when the logo was changed to have the mermaid's chest covered by flowing hair so The quote directly from the Thrillist article by Kristen is that seeing as the Starbucks logo is a siren, she's supposed to lure you into buying coffee slash dying at sea, which like, you know, what we stand a woke uh, feminist who wants to get rid of the shitty men. Like, I think that's awesome. Like, snaps to her. Uh, However, you know, I'm not really surprised that she was topless for sixteen years because look at who founded it. Three white men, cisgender, probably heterosexual. I mean, I again I don't know. When I looked at their photo, I was like, yeah. I know the vibe that I'm getting from these people. Um <laughs> you know, the gaydar that I have, um, which is totally bullshit, at least in my perspective. Maybe there's other gays who have better gaydar, but I digress. So anyways I don't know free the nipple think it's really great but um yeah that was a thing and now we have the current logo which is really pretty but uh yeah fun facts so another fun fact that actually made me kind of mad is that the size names at starbucks so tall grande venti trenta. Uh, They were literally made up by Howard Schultz and a former business partner in 1986. Now, the reason why this makes me mad is because I wanted to believe so badly that there was a rhyme or reason behind these fucking sizes. Because when I first started going to Starbucks, I had no idea what the fuck was a small, a medium, a large, like none of that made sense. And so I'd see people order a grande and I'd like, oh yeah, like I'd love a grande. And then it's like a dinky ass cup. That's not gonna quench my thirst. I mean, on most days, a venti can't even quench my thirst, which is kind of sad. But you know, whatever. Cool. Like, we stand dehydration. Um, no, we don't. <laughs> I don't know. Um, sorry. Anyways, so. Yeah, I had no idea what the fuck the sizes were, and I didn't even know what a Trento was until I'd say like. Probably mid summer maybe i don't know but i love getting the venti or the trenta size it really depends on like if i have my reusable water bottle with me then i will bring the venti or whatever um if i don't or if i feel like really thirsty then i'll get a trenta but that's kind of rare because there's like a solid you know price difference between the two um so, yeah, I think it's complete bullshit that they are uh, completely made up. And, um, yeah, just kind of rattled about that. Just call them small, medium, large, and extra large if you want to. Or extra small, small, medium, and large. Like, I just, I don't get it. It's dumb. Uh, and canceled. So, that's that on that. Um, okay. So, the next thing that I wanted to talk about is... Howard Schultz. So, Howard Schultz resigned as the CEO of Starbucks in April 2017. And he's reportedly considering a run for president under the Democratic nomination. Um, And I think that there is really not so many people who would be worse for the nomination against Donald Trump than Howard Schultz. I mean, I can think of a few. Michael Bloomberg, big one. Uh, Michael Avenatti, another one. Um, you know, m- a lot of people named Michael are just not fit for the presidency. And, like, I feel like that's a super hot take. But I don't think that there's been a President Michael. I'm actually just going to look that up really quick. Um, yeah, no, I really n- not seen a Michael seeing a Martin Van Buren. Uh, I think there's a reason. I mean, Michael is not the name that you want when you are running for president. Yeah, no, there has never been a Michael. All right, well, said that we'd learn things on this podcast and just learned that there's never been a Michael as president. There probably shouldn't be. Um, or Howard. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, so here's why I think he's a piece of shit. So first off, uh, you know, I think that the presidency of Donald Trump has proven that running a large corporation does not automatically qualify you to be commander in chief. And I feel like that's really important to just make clear, because there are a lot of people who think that they can just run for president now, and quite honestly, they shouldn't. Like, I still am a firm believer that you should have at least some political experience to run for president. Because it's a big fucking deal. And if you don't know what you're doing, you end up like Donald Trump, who literally cannot even close an umbrella. There's a video online of him that's recent of him getting on to Air Force One and not closing the umbrella. He just leaves it out on the tarmac thing. Uh, And quite honestly, you know, I've never seen something that's just made me feel so just tired in in a while. It's been a while. I mean, you know, I think, like, I want to preface that by saying that there's a lot of bullshit that this administration's been doing. But when you find out that your president can't even close an umbrella kind of scares you like that guy has the nuclear codes and so i don't know maybe he's never had to close an umbrella in his life before but it was really just a sad sight to see anyways so back to howard so howard schultz in june he did an interview on cnbc and said that we need to take a centrist approach quote to fixing our economy by cutting entitlement spending so entitlement spending typically has some bad connotations depending on where you sit on the issue. Um, you know, the typical definition of entitlement spending in the U.S. is things like Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid and food assistance programs that help out lower income families. And I think that if you haven't had to experience, uh, you know, a lot of economic hardship in your life it's easier to say oh yeah let's just cut that but a lot of people rely on that I mean my grandparents rely on Social Security and Medicare um, and I really wouldn't want that cut And I know plenty of people growing up who relied on food assistance programs I mean I had free or reduced lunch offered at my public school Um, I didn't take it because my grandma knew how to cook, uh, (laughs) and the food there was kind of grody. But, I mean, I just think that like it really shows how Schultz, as Trump, as Bloomberg, as these other people who are thinking that they should run for fucking president, um, you know, it shows that they are billionaires who are really out of touch with what the typical... Americans' economic prospects look like on a day-to-day basis. And I think that we need to be choosing somebody for president going forward who understands what it's like to go through some shit, or at the very least knows that cutting entitlement spendings is not the solution, because it's not. There's plenty of other areas where you could cut things. Um, I'd say one example is... You know, we spend a lot on healthcare costs. Maybe a solution would be, you know, going to a Medicare for All system, which would actually save us a lot of money. Uh, probably will do a episode on that another day. Uh, but today, since we're still recovering from a cold, we're gonna keep it as light as we can. <laughs> um, and I say that as I go on to. A recent controversy in April, which a lot of you probably know about, where uh, two African-American men, Dante Robinson and Rashawn Nelson, were arrested at Starbucks in Philadelphia because a store manager claimed that they were trespassing. Um, They weren't. (laughs) Their real crime, quote unquote, was asking to use the restroom without ordering which um, prior to the incident was uh, not allowed, which I have a few things to say about that. I mean, I first think that the fact that we're charging people to use a restroom, it just reeks of just bullshit capitalism. And I don't know. I just feel like we've gotten to a point where this country is just a disaster and you can kind of taste the elitism uh, in the air when you have to pay to use a restroom. I think that's just ridiculous. Um, Full stop. It's kind of like paying for water. Why should we be paying for drinking water when, like, I'm talking about bottled water here. Like, especially since we've had so many incidents with tap water being contaminated like in flint and in so many other communities around the country shouldn't be able to charge for water but anyways yeah fun. um so anyways i'm gonna continue on uh following the incident the manager was fired which is good because he's probably a piece of shit um full offense and starbucks ended up closing all of their u.s doors on may 29th for an afternoon to educate employees on racial bias. Now, I know a lot of people had criticism of this, including myself. I think it's important to note that a company spokesperson said, quote, we know that one day of training will not stop bias or solve racism. These are hard, complex questions, and this is a step in a long-term effort. And I think that that is a good, if unsatisfying message. And I didn't really hear about that until now, that anybody from the company said something like that. Um, So props to that single spokesperson for, you know, being honest that a single day of training does not end racism. I wish that was the case. That would be lit. Um, But alas, here we are. Um, Another change is that Starbucks, uh, since that instant has allowed people uh to use their bathrooms without any uh purchasing going on um allowed to sit inside and honestly like that should have been how it was from day one like if you're a company that is saying how they're so woke and on top of it and that they care a lot about social issues and at the same time you're like you know what if you even sit in my restaurant or not my restaurant (laughs) (laughs) my cafe i don't know starbucks is its own brand um but like you know the point is like that shouldn't be a conversation that's going on like it's a fucking coffee shop there's so many of them they all provide the same exact things the very least they can do is provide bathrooms for people to use um and I mean, I think that it's good that they finally changed that policy. I think that it's very classist uh, and just, you know, unwoke. Starbucks, be woker. Be more woke. Woke it up. Okay. Uh, as for Robinson and Nelson, they ended up settling with the city. They received a, symbi- a symbolic, sorry symbolic $1 each, with the promise of local officials setting up a $200,000 scholarship program for young entrepreneurs. Which, you know what, I am glad that they were able to get something from this, because I, you know, I, I say that with hesitation, because on the one hand, they should have never had this experience happen in the first place. On the other hand, you know, a lot of people who are subjected to discrimination whether that be on race or gender identity sexual orientation etc they don't get any restitution um and a lot of people go unpunished for being garbage human beings and so i'm glad in this way that at least they got or are getting something out of it um now if it doesn't follow through then i think that the city should just burn mean, you know, logical step from uh, where we were to where I think we should go next. So moving on, in 2016, Starbucks announced that it plans to have its over 7,600 stores across the U.S. donate 100% of their unsold food to food banks across the country by 2021. And that's a pretty big deal uh, because, you know, beforehand they would be only able to donate non-perishables or pastries that had, like, a very long shelf life, but now they are able to donate their meals, um, or they will be by 2021 if things go to plan, and that's estimated to be about 50 million meals, and, you know, I think that that is a good thing. Um, I think another good thing about Starbucks is that they are not afraid to trigger conservatives. (laughs) Um, I think one of the most poignant examples of this is the continuous yearly controversy since like 2015 over their holiday cups. Um, Basically in 2015, the uh, Starbucks basically decided that they were going to move from traditional symbols uh, around the holidays that were mostly centered around Christmas to more um you know religiously inclusive symbols so in 2015 their cup was a red plain red cup with a logo on it and in a statement that they released uh, at the time company said that they wanted to create a culture of belonging inclusion and diversity and meant for the cups to be an invitation for customers to tell their christmas stories in their own way with a red cup that makes a blank canvas so i mean they're still bringing up christmas so, I mean, you know, take that with what you will. But uh, conservatives really lost their shit. They really were just like, oh my god, the war on Christmas, which is bullshit. And just like, give me a break. Like, just because people celebrate other holidays and Christmas does not mean that your holiday is being destroyed. Um, but anyway, so one fun fact from that period is that in November 2015, our very own president was whining at a rally because people use Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas and suggested that he should boycott Starbucks. Um, he even went so far as to say that he would potentially let the lease of the Starbucks in his Trump Tower run out at the end of the year. Um, for the Red Cup move, even though he claimed that it was one of the most successful ones. So, you know, that kind of says a lot about how petty the president is, and I think also about how, uh, you know, I think, that's, think, think that kind of sums it up. The president's really petty. So I guess that might take after kind of reading through all this information is that I think that we need to be able to criticize the places that we enjoy or the people that we like um, for their problematic aspects. I definitely will be continuing to uh, get drinks from Starbucks, mainly because at this point, it's kind of like a habit for me. And I really doubt that I can break that without like, you know, uh craving it immediately, especially like if I'm in DC. Like if I'm back home, I easily do not get Starbucks because there's none around. When you're in DC or in any big city, you are basically they're everywhere. Um so yeah. But anyways, um I think with that in mind, you know, there are some problematic parts. I hope that they get better about dealing with racial issues. And I think obviously if they continue to have issues with that down the road that I would reconsider my support of them um, because, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's more important to stand in solidarity with various social justice movements um, than to get a free drink. Um, Cool. So I think that's it for today. I think that's it. Uh, Thank you for listening. I have planned to release a new episode probably about once a week i have some topics that i'm already interested in covering but if you have any uh you know critiques comments concerns feedback uh kind advice unkind advice you can email me at r r m a r s a n at gmail.com um Or just comment under the podcast. I don't really know how it works. Uh, (laughs) uh, Clearly not a tech guru. But anyways, I think that's it for today. And um, I will catch you on the flip side. Bye-bye.